This is the Frontier Podcast, powered by Gun.io, the engineer's choice for engineering talent. If you like what you hear, rate, review, and subscribe, and follow us on Twitter at The Frontier Pod. If we've learned anything at The Frontier, it's that interesting technology stories can be found anywhere, even in that parking ticket you got last month that you're still cursing over. Ever wonder how they know where your car was parked and for how long? Ledge, being a collector of parking tickets himself, just had to find out. In this episode, Jim Suttles, IT Director at Republic Parking Systems, shares some of the amazingly elegant software and hardware solutions that they use to make sure you're paying for that parking. You'll probably pay more attention to those signs after you listen to this episode. Jim, thanks for being here. Good to have you. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, Thanks for the invitation. Awesome. Fantastic. Can you tell the listeners your two, three minute story uh, yourself and your work, you know, over the course of your career? Yeah, I've been um, in IT and software development for more than 25 years now and uh, started out a long time ago with uh, mainframe work, COBOL and CICS and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Migrated as uh, things changed over time. I changed with it and went into HTML and uh, ASP and then uh, to uh, .NET and SQL Server and, and all that good stuff. And uh, now I uh, lead a, a small development team. Uh, we build um, parking-related apps at Republic Parking System, uh, mainly with uh, enforcement, writing parking citations. doesn't make us popular. We don't try to let too many people know that that's what we do But when we're out on the street. You know? <laughs> but uh, uh, it's, uh, it's a good industry to be in when I – I uh, first started with Republic um, back 2005, 2006. I wasn't sure that it was going to be very interesting work because I just didn't know what kind of technology uh, could go into the parking business. But we've seen over the last uh, 10, 12 years a lot of changes in, in the industry, a lot of automation, and a lot of really cool technology with uh, – uh, cameras and phones and geofencing and all that good stuff. Yeah, I'm sure nobody, you know, jumps into their career and goes, hey, you know, I'm really hoping I can work on par- parking enforcement technology. And I, I thought that was a great part of your story, you know, when we talked uh, before the interview that, you know, you have all these really um, excellent opportunities to apply, you know, cutting edge technology and doing and doing just all kinds of, of interesting, innovative things. Uh, with you know license plates and I thought the virtual chalking and you know geofencing and and just the the different ways that you've modernized some of the the pieces of of parking enforcement and, and and put them in the background that you know nobody really realizes you know that they're there because they work so well I'd love if you'd walk through some of the the product development that you guys have done yeah, we started out uh, a few years ago uh, just building a enforcement system uh, because we, as a, a parking management company, had to buy those systems from uh, other vendors. We made the decision to ride it ourselves. We could uh, build it the way we wanted it to be built and, um, and uh, not have to pay somebody else for it. So we started out riding the system with uh, Windows tablets as the handheld. Um, and then a uh, back office site to do all the management of it. 
Uh, over time, we've migrated that to uh, Windows Phone, and then when uh, Microsoft lost interest in Windows Phone, then we moved it on to uh, iOS and Android and built a Xamarin app for the uh, citation writing. Uh, that's turned out to be a, uh, a neat project. We built the uh, handheld app with Xamarin so we could have one code base for iOS and Android, uh, and that's worked out really well. Uh, we use Bluetooth low energy printers, so we don't have to pair the printers and we uh, save some battery on the printer and on the phone. So that really helps. Um, but we go through a lot of volume. Uh, many of the um, parking lots, we just scan all the plates in the lots with uh, LPR, license plate recognition. We just drive the streets and drive the lots looking for plates that uh, haven't paid. And we um, just an automatic process issue the citations and uh, uh, gets us through a lot of volume. The main uh, goal for our managed lots is really just to get people to pay to park, you know, not to try to trick them into some kind of citation, but just they know we're there, they know we're enforcing, and then they pay to park. Talk to me about the the driving around with the cameras and stuff. You know, that's a it's got to be an interesting setup. And you know, how does that all get processed? It sounds like it'd be a tremendous amount of uh, video or or still shots. Or I mean, how you, how are you chunking through that? And there's got to be some kind of wireless component. How does that all fit together? Yeah, we have uh, multiple cameras on uh, on the vehicles. Um, many times two, and sometimes as many as four cameras. Uh, that we can drive, we can drive the streets, um, you know, 30, 40 miles an hour if we wanted and uh, capture every plate that we pass. Um, we have zones uh, geofenced, so we know if, uh, if a plate belongs in that zone or not, uh, if, it's, um, if it's a permit type situation where they pay for the day or pay for a few hours. Uh, they pay by plate and, and we know if they belong in that zone. Uh, so, you know, they can't pay for one lot and then park in a better lot somewhere close to an event or something. Um, but we have a laptop in the car that captures every photo uh, as it's taken. And it is just uh, still photos, not video. Uh, we capture every photo. Then if we get a hit that this plate does not belong there or it's been there too long, it's been there over time or whatever, then we stop, issue a citation with the iPhone. Um, that is uh, automatically uploaded uh, to our uh, SQL databases in Azure. Uh, at the same time, we wrote a little process on the laptop that is uh, in the car, in the LPR vehicle, that will look for that plate in the local database on the laptop and find any photos that the uh, LPR cameras uh, took of that vehicle and then upload those uh, with the citation uh, up to the server. So those are all gathered together automatically. And then at the end of the day, the uh, all the photos that we didn't need, which is the vast majority of them on the laptop are discarded. If, if they didn't result in the citation, we don't, we don't need them. So the, the local laptop does all the image uh, LPR processing. Is it, any, uh, how heavy is that a load on the, on the it's, it's, really, it's really not bad. Mm -hmm. It's really not bad. It's just your, um, 
you know, mid-range laptop, not a super high-power laptop, uh, has a cell connectivity built in. Uh, so we're getting the images up real time to, to the servers. Um, but it's not really a lot of, of processing. The LPR system uh, has um, a kind of a black box to do some of the, of the uh, heavy lifting and take it off of the laptop for the image processing. So that helps a lot. Oh, is the LPR separate, a separate unit from, um, from the processing on the laptop itself? Yeah. Say black yeah, box? There's, yeah, there's cameras and there's a, um, and there's a, uh, like I said, a black box and uh, networking and that kind of thing that we get uh, all together from a, a company, a Canadian company, Genetech, provides those LPR solutions. Oh, that's so you didn't have to home grow the LPR. That's right. Solution. We just integrate with it. Yeah, that's okay. right. So it's a, a virtual cloud, if you will, driving around a <laughs> private cloud yeah. in each car. Right? That's exactly right. Yeah, that's uh -huh. exactly right. That's interesting. You can, oh, you can go through a, a lot of scans. Uh, and did you guys have to intuit all these? I mean, I'm just thinking like edge case upon edge case upon edge case to solve for all these uh, different dimensions. Did that exist before and you just did it? better or were you you know able to sort of think of new solutions to the same enforcement problems well for the most part it's things that the parking industry has done manually forever and we've just brought it up to a new technology you know one of the things we talked about in their chat the other day was chalking um, in the old days they would literally take a piece of chalk and swipe a tire that was parked in a um, time-limited parking spot. They would come, if it's two hours, they would come back more than two hours later and see if that chalk mark was at the same spot. And if it was, then they issued a citation. Uh, we do the same thing now with, we call it digital chalking. We record, if it's not an LPR um, situation, but it's a small lot that guys are just walking around on foot, they record the plate and the valve position, uh, the tire valve position, like on, on a clock, one o'clock, two o'clock, nine o'clock. They just record the valve position, come back a couple hours later. If that plate's still in the same spot with the same uh, valve position, it's not moved, they get a citation. That's amazing. And you just had to think of it, you know, sort of what marks the right spot just to sort of take yourself a, a snapshot in time based on the position of the vehicle. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But we, the geofencing is, um, uh, an integral part of it because there's some, there's some neighborhoods that, you know, people can park on this street. Uh, they have neighborhood parking and only the plates that live in that neighborhood can park there. They can buy visitors passes. Uh, you know, if they have visitors come over, they are allowed to park. But we geofence that area so that only the plates that should be in that geofence area are, uh, are there. Uh, there's, there's a lot of good applications for that. I saw, I saw something on, uh, the internet just this morning about uh, Burger King selling Whoppers for a penny. Uh, if you bought, if you bought the Whopper through the BK app and you were in a McDonald's parking lot when you bought it, they, they, oh. said they, 
They said they had geofenced all the McDonald's. And if you opened up the, the BK app in a McDonald's parking lot, you would be presented with an offer to buy a Whopper for a penny. And then you would be navigated with the app to the nearest bird. <laughs> to go pick it up. <laughs> that's fun, girl, marketing. Yeah. So, you know, that's the kind of thing that, uh, you know, we chatted about a little bit the other day. There's a lot of these uh, customer-facing uh, apps that, uh, uh, that there's a lot of possibilities we've not thought about yet of, of using all the data that we have. To Right, right. And you have to deal with this like proliferation of, of parking and payment apps that, I mean, there's like, there's no standard bearer in this, this industry. Every city I go to has a different, you know, download our app and pay for the, the parking. I mean, how do you That's integrate exactly right. like that massive ecosystem? Do they all have APIs or, I mean, how are you dealing with that? They, they do. Uh, they do. They have APIs that we have to integrate with. Uh, but like you said, every time we go to a new city as a, as a parking management company, uh, almost invariably there are new apps that we haven't integrated with yet uh, because they're just popping up everywhere. One of the things that we are working on is kind of a, uh, an app to gather all those different APIs into you know, one tunnel that we can just um, query that one place instead of 50 different APIs that we have to query every time. You could almost have like the global standard API for parking payment apps then. That's, That's right. a whole other business that you could sell. That's exactly right because the, there are just so many that are trying to get into it. There's a few companies that have been in the parking management biz business for a long time, but there's a lot of just, you know, tech companies that are popping up to uh, kind of get in on it, uh, to build these apps. Um, and and if, if they sell that to a city, then we have to integrate with it. And do you have an opportunity to reach out preemptively to those companies and do, uh, you know, sort of a, hey, you need us because we handle all the, the real heavy lifting back end? Well, yeah, we have in some cases. Um, but it's just something that uh, you're always chasing because, even we in, in the industry are surprised of how quickly new ones pop up, you know, and they get a lot of, they get a lot of um, uh, venture capital funding and they get those apps out there quickly. And uh, you know, is, is there enough room for, for everybody or is this like a winner take all type of situation where, you know, you just kind of have to watch the market evolve that it probably doesn't cut out really what you're doing at all. It really is just other people's money paying for you guys to, you know, have more opportunities. Well, that's right. And I think, you know, it can get, uh, oversaturated. Um, I think it can be, um, you know, kind of hard on a customer. If like you said, every city you go to, there's a new app for you to download to pay for your parking. Then you wind up with you know, 20 apps on your phone. Um, I think it'll check its way out. There won't be so many, but sure. Some kind of industry consolidation, but so your play is that uh, you're going to have all the data no matter what. Right. So oh, that's right. Yeah. So you control the, you control the whole hose to get all the, you know, the pipes together and you can just let them collect data for you. Yeah. And uh, you know, one of the things we did, um, we talked about it the other day was, writing our iOS and Android app that we wrote it with Xamarin 
Uh, I know one of the one of the things you asked was was that hard uh, to find uh, Xamarin developers, um, and my uh, my view on that is. I don't look for Xamarin developers. You know, I feel like if I have, you know, an A plus guys, which I have a small team, but they are all top notch guys, they can switch to a new language very, very quickly. Uh, if, if they know how to code um, and they're not tied to a particular language, that's all they know how to do, then uh, it's not a problem to switch. And to me, that's a better answer than for myself than always trying to chase around whatever the newest technology is and find some expert in that new technology uh, because then I'd always be searching for guys. Right. And that, that's a great segue to the, the question I always ask last to, you know, everybody I, I talk to is how do you evaluate engineers? You know, our business is evaluating and bringing to bear, you know, just absolutely, like you said, A plus engineers who, you know, are excellent at building software, uh, hit the ground running, you know, check all kinds of boxes. And we have a pretty robust heuristic for that. But I like to ask, you know, engineering leaders like yourself, what are your heuristics and how do you measure, you know, when you're bringing somebody on choosing the right person? Yeah, I like to look for guys that, you know, they live tech. Um, I've run into quite a few guys over the years that they just go into it because eh, they think it's a good job. They can get a good salary and it'd be a good career and they hate it. You know, those guys aren't the kind of guys that I've needed because um, that's not who they are. I need guys that, you know, tech and developments who they are. Um, you know, I looked at myself back when I was uh, writing code myself over the years and, you know, I went from COBOL to uh, HTML to ASP to .NET and some Unix stuff mixed in and, you know, whatever people asked of me, well, I just did it. And that's the same kind of guys I want. Uh, I um, My team that I already had in place when I made the decision to go with Xamarin for iOS and Android, they just jumped in and built it. Uh, and there was no real delay there uh, because, and that, you know, that's just who they are. And I've had, you know, I've had some of those APIs that we've talked about when we have some, um, you know, kind of a strange device, niche device that um, has an API uh, or an SDK that uh, had a problem. They've gone in and you know fixed the SDKs for the for the vendor when it was a, when we had a problem with it, uh, and they've you know made things happen um, that would be really hard to find a specialized skill. One of the handhelds we had. Uh, for one of our uh, municipal clients, just two or three days before go live, we got um, a requirement from the uh, client that they needed to be able to sign to with their finger to to uh, sign the handheld and put their signature on there, and to have that signature print on every citation. Uh, that was. You know, fine. It's if we were using Windows Phone, and there was no, there was no driver for the printer that we needed to use to make that happen. 
Um, but my guy still had it printing that signature in two or three days. Yeah. That's what you need. Those problem solvers. They're just going to, that's right. You need the problem solvers. I need, you know, I need the problem solvers. I need the guys that are, you know, we joke about it that are good at Google. Right. And, uh, and the guys that, don't pretend to know everything. The one thing I, I always say in an interview is if every single question I ask, if I never get a, I don't know, then uh, that kind of is a problem because there's too much, too much new technology. Nobody can know everything off the top of their head, but I want the guys that can figure it out very quickly. That's great insight. Thanks, Jim. It's, it's awesome having you on. Thanks for uh, sharing your, your insights with the audience. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast produced by Gun.io. We're the only freelancing platform where engineers actually go to hire other engineers. If you enjoyed the show and want to learn more about how to hire or freelance with us, head over to Gun.io slash podcast to get in touch, and we'll pay for your first 10 hours with a kick-ass engineer. Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast, produced by Gun.io. We're the only freelancing platform where engineers actually go to hire other engineers. If you want to learn more about how to hire or freelance with us, head over to Gun.io and get in touch. Let us know you heard the podcast, and we'll pay for your first 10 hours with a kick-ass engineer.